Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello and welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I like to call it, Dear Jessica and Hank. Or as I like to call it, Dear Edward and Jessica and Hank. That's right, you guys. This is the first time there's ever three people on the podcast, I think. I think this is the first time we've ever had three people on the podcast, but in any case, this is a podcast where uh, two brothers and occasionally special guest hosts a- answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon, except for that last part isn't going to happen today because we're recording this significantly in advance. And, uh, and our guest hosts today are Jessica and Edward, uh, who together produce and create the YouTube show How to ADHD about... Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder and Associated Things. Um, I'm really excited to hang out with you guys again, because I've always enjoyed hanging out with you, but this time we're going to record it the whole time, which is extra weird. It's super weird, especially when we're not in charge of the edit. (laughs) (laughs) If it makes it less weird, I totally recorded it all the first time. Wait, what? 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 Not allowed. We were in California. You have to tell people. You have to tell people. (laughs) I just told you. I just told you. (laughs) I feel like there's some sort of statute of limitations on like how long you have to tell them. So now I have to invent time travel. It's fine. It's fine. This is how I start the podcast. I ask, uh, how are you doing? I I'm good. I got to go back to yoga for the first time because I was in a like a coma from I adopted a puppy like uh, six weeks ago. And I was like, oh, it'll be a cute thing to have around the house. (laughs) And I forgot that it's like mostly teeth and like bladder for the first (laughs) month at least. And so I'm finally coming out of this coma where I'm like, I have time for other things. So I got to go to yoga today. And I was like, Edward, you're in charge of the dog. Bye. And I just ran out the door and it was fantastic. I had a great time just because oh as it turns, I think I'm also finding out uh, what kind of dad I'm going to be because uh, Jessica and I are married, obviously, but uh, may- maybe not obviously to some, but yes, we are. Uh, I'm finding out what kind of dad I'm going to be because when Jessica takes the, the puppy out, her name is Chloe, she's so like gentle and like, hey, we're going to do this and training. And I just went, okay, you have to be tired. We're running. <laughs> so we basically ran for about seven or eight minutes straight. Like, I would stop to let her catch her breath. And she has tiny legs. I mean, I wasn't running. I was speed walking at best. Right. She was hauling just <laughs> as fast as she could. Which is hilarious because you have very specific instructions on, like, what to do. Yeah. Oh, no, I did not do those. Any oh, of them. Come on. Any of oh, them. Yeah, no, I did. I did. You said, you said exercise her and feed her. And I did those things. Awesome. I totally did. <laughs> You guys, but it only took me like seven I, minutes. I feel yeah. like I feel like you're gonna be the kind of dad where I'm like, entertain our kid, and I'm gonna come back, and you're gonna be like, poker and beer was fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean heroin's off the table? <laughs> um. Yeah, you got you, you got you can't undo all of the hard work that Jessica did with this puppy at one hour at yoga class. This is like textbook parenting right now. It's happening. You're learning, right? and you should learn right? from these mistakes. <laughs> No, we have to get on the same page, though, seriously, because I'm so going to be, like, the disciplinarian, and Edward's going to be the fun dad, and it's going to suck. Yeah, I'm trying. You just have to care less. You have to care less. I can't. 
I don't know how to help you. <laughs> All right, we're gonna do some questions from our listeners, you guys, because I cannot psychoanalyze this just just this one particular couple. We also have to deal with uh, people who are actually looking for advice, unlike you, who I'm giving it to unprompted. <laughs> first question. Oh wait, no, no, you brought a poem, so you should do a poem. Yes, I did bring a poem. Okay, so this I love this poem. Um, it's by Emily Dickinson, who, by the way, was thought to to have not just depression, but also possibly ADHD. Oh, wow. Um, so it's, it's called, I had no time to hate because. I had no time to hate because the grave would hinder me. And life was not so ample I could finish enmity. Nor had I time to love, but since some industry must be. The little toil of love, I thought, was large enough for me. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, man, poetry. It did the thing that poetry's supposed to do to me. <laughs> it it po- makes you feel? It, it poeted at you just then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That poetry was really just good, happened actually. to me, you guys. <laughs> hey, you guys, was that a, po- was that a happening? Did Wait, we tell just me. have poetry? What did, what did you feel? What did it make you feel? It gave me a little goosebumps. I was like, uh-huh. oh, yes, uh-huh, that is right. Right? I a love short poems. Of love. I, yeah. I love short poems because it's it's impossible to to cram the the whole of everything that you want to to express in like eight lines and yet she did it right mm-hmm. like it's yeah. so that, impressive to me that hit like we, you had you had told me about this one before but like just hearing you read it just now it really did give me chills that was that was amazing wow. <laughs> maybe maybe i have a career in poetry reading <laughs> there we go let's just <laughs> if the whole adhd thing goes away how to poet it's it, the name writes yeah. itself let's right? just keep going <laughs> No, but I, the reason why I love this poem so much is because it it really does remind us, and like as a YouTuber, I have to remind myself of this all the time. Like you don't you don't really have time in life to fight with people and to hate things. Uh-huh. Like it's just your time here is short, so do something good with it. <laughs> you know, like hate doesn't get anywhere; it just creates more hate, right? I feel you absolutely. And if speaking of. Uh, having a positive impact on the world in the time in which we're here, we have a question from Jillian. It's a segue, you guys. It happened. Wow. That was, that was a stretch tank. I'm not going to lie. You just, you just <laughs> zip by on that segue. <laughs> so Jillian asks, Dear Hank and Jessica and Edward, I am having an extremely important ethical dilemma. When in the grocery store, I look for and buy produce products with the latest expiration date available. I previously thought that this was normal and inconsequential, but am I contributing to product waste or causing people that shop after me to buy older produce? Please help, (laughs) as I may be a horrible person and do not know it. I wish I had an in-specific sign-off, but in the attempt once in a jillion. Yeah, that works. Oh no, I love well, that. Done, I yeah, love that. That's really good. Okay, first of all, I do want to normalize this for you because I'm pretty sure that everybody does this. Like uh, everybody yeah. goes and looks through because, like, you have to make sure it's not expired. And then while you're looking, you're like, maybe there's one that's like less expired um, <laughs> or like more <laughs> not expired. Um, I think it's really normal to do it, but yes, it does contribute to product waste. I worked in the restaurant industry for a lot of years, and there's like a, a thing that you have to do, which is first in, first out. So like, that's how things. That's how these systems keep working without breaking down as if is if whatever's on front, that's what you take. However, I will give you this permission. If you are going to cook something and in like five days and you need this thing to not expire before then, I don't think there's anything wrong with like taking one behind it. But if you know that you're gonna like, I don't know, you're getting milk and you're gonna use it all today or tomorrow anyway, like take the take the one that's gonna expire in a few days and like, you know, do humanity a favor. Um, but I, I think that there are certain circumstances when it's totally fine to be selfish and look for the look for the one in back. The other thing I got to say to Jillian is just thinking about this makes me think you're probably a pretty good person. Like you're you're thinking you're, you're like putting this front of mind. You're like, wait, wait. What is the effect that my like seemingly inconsequential decision is going to have on the world at large? Just the fact that you had that thought makes me think mm-hmm. you're probably doing okay. Exactly. No, that's a really good point. I think probably most of the people walking around thinking they're horrible people are some of the best people on the planet just because everybody who's actually a horrible person is like, I'm fine with all of this. Yeah. If you're if you're truly horrible, uh, self-reflection is not a symptom of being a terrible person. You can just be like, yeah, I, I didn't, it didn't even occur to me that I am just awful. <laughs> I, think, I think mostly, mostly people, uh, it does not occur to them. Um, and such is life. You guys want to ask another question? All right. So Kirsten asks, Dear Hank and Jessica, I guess. 
Uh, <coughs> and Edward. Um, my graduate school, right, you're here too. Um, my graduate school requires us all to purchase a set of business cards at the start of our program, presumably for networking and that sort of thing, either in sets of 250 or 500. I ordered 500, but that turns out to be a lot of business cards. Plus, I somehow ended up with a double order. So now I have a thousand business cards. My program is only two years long. And at the rate I've been handing them out, there's not a snowball's chance in hell I'm going to use all of these cards. I thought that if anyone had any dubious ideas about what to do with a thousand business cards, it would be you two. Thanks for any suggestions you can give. Kirsten. <clears throat> you three. Just so Oh, we're... yes. You three. <laughs> <laughs> You're still here? Uh, um, do you got, once upon a time in the history of Vlogbrothers, I actually had this exact problem. I, well, very oh, similar. Wow. I accidentally got my business cards printed with the same thing on the front and back, and it was just the logo of my company. My name was not on them <laughs> anywhere. Uh, and so I oh, turned to the audience killer. and said, hey, what should I do with all these misprinted business cards? And I got a bunch of ideas. I taped them to my face. I made little origami things out of them. Um, and then ultimately, like, you could also just, uh, I could, I was like, oh, I could just stamp my name and number on them and turn them into actual business cards. That's not going to help uh, Kirsten here, who, gosh, how, like, how long does it take to even meet a thousand people? Yeah, it depends on if you're uh, how how introverted you are. I, yeah, I right. suppose like it would take me quite a while. Um, I, I okay. Assuming that she can't go through these thousand business cards in the two years, I just I vote you still use them. They're still good. Just cross out the listing as a candidate in the program and replace it with I don't know. <laughs> Uh, either what you are now, or if you want to have fun with it, replace it with things like space alien or professional dog petter or purple <laughs> promoter because you like the color purple and you think there should be more purple in the world. And then even better, like pass Wait. them all out at the same party <laughs> until everybody's like yeah, really yeah. confused. Wait, I love, I love, love, love the idea that the color purple has like an association. And right? it's like, this well, is it got a, its own the, movie, just so yeah, we're clear. This, it got this, <laughs> right, right, I forgot. This, this, mess, this movie brought to you by the Purple Association of America. We just didn't think there was enough purple, so we started an organization. <laughs> you know, there's advocacy for all kinds of things, Hank. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Whatever you think is important and, should, and there should be more of in the world, like, you can be an advocate for that. I just, you can yeah. be an advocate of grilled cheese sandwiches. I am an advocate of grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh, yes, 100%. Uh, I just... I just realized that if you did hand those things out and with the scratch out thing with something else to the to the viewer, it would seem as though you'd had a drastic change in career. <laughs> yeah, like, make it so it's still visible. Thought, whatever it was before, the the whole thing didn't the whole that whole uh, graduate school thing did not work out. I am now a space alien. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what people do, and they go to college for one thing, and then like they that's cross true. that out and like you have never to replace it degree. with whatever they end up doing with their that's life. True. That's totally true. It's a tough job, and I mean. How can one become a professional pet petter? Because I do like that activity, and if someone wanted to pay me, I probably would accept the. I would accept that. You know, I think you just start putting it on business cards and handing it out yeah. until there's somebody like me who has a puppy that's like, can somebody else pet her for a while? And whatever you charge, like I will pay it. I will just do it. Like I will put what her is, on a plane right now. What is the puppy doing right now? She's snoozing on my lap. Oh, <laughs> she's being remarkably chill. She's being so sweet. Oh, she's got one eye open. She's like, I know what's up. I know what's going on. Uh, but yeah, she's snoozing on my lap and like anticipating treats. So it's like every every uh, every thirty seconds or so, she gets a tiny piece of string cheese for being good. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot we're bribing her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, it's not bribing. There's actually a really fundamental difference. So when you're training a dog, you have to make sure that like you ask them to do the thing, and then they do the thing, and you give them a, the reward. Here's the difference. Bribing is you ask them to do the thing, they're like, go screw yourself, and then you pull out the treats, and you're like, now will you do it? And then that's bribing <laughs> them, and that's not that's not good. Same for kids, by the way. Fair enough. You're learning a lot. It seems to me like you're the kind of person who uh, who's going to be a good good at things uh, because you seem to have uh, that attitude of I'm going to do a bunch of research and I'm going to do this oh, all correctly. Yeah. She is. So oh yeah, good. I feel like anybody in this day and age can be good at anything just because Google exists. Like you can look it up. I wrote a song. I've never written a song in my life, what? and I had barely started playing the ukulele. And I'm like, hey, WikiHow, how do I write a song? And WikiHow is like, I'll tell you, in 14 steps. And I did the steps and I wrote a song. Like, you, you can do anything up. you want. We forgot to tell people that we should, you should have told them that it was a WikiHow production. I can't believe we didn't mention this was brought to you by WikiHow. I just should have, yeah. 
the whole podcast or your song in particular? Is no, the song, the song about WikiHow? Is it a WikiHow yeah, song? <laughs> Sorry, Hank. We sold sponsorship on the podcast as well. I hope that's. I thought that was assumed. That's that's. that's I thought that was what everyone was doing. That's. I mean, that's one way of doing it. We'll bring on our special <laughs> guests, and they get a little bit of benefit from it. They bring their own sponsors. It's great. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, this one was unsigned. Uh, dear uh, Hank and Jessica and Edward. My husband and I are average income people with a house and kid. My grandparents are retired and have a bit of money. When it comes to time for gift-giving occasions, they always ask me what I want. They don't like giving gift cards because they say that's not a gift. But I don't need anything in particular. We have all the decorations, clothes, candles, etc. that we might need. What is helpful would be a Target gift card for diapers and groceries, a Home Depot gift card for home repairs or somewhere else I can get useful things. How do I explain to them, without offending them, or seeming like we're broke. Signed, Anonymous. Mm. I mean, there. so there are certain things that... Now, John is going to... If John were here, he would jump in immediately and say, gifts are terrible and economically inefficient. There are certain <laughs> uh, household necessities that can kind of be have become giftified. I'm thinking specifically of soap. You can never really have mm. enough soap. Because soap eventually will get used and it will be gone. And for some reason, soap has become an artisanal craft work that you can get at an admittedly uh, elevated price, but that at least is useful (laughs) and that at the end of the process is gone and no longer in your house. That's the key, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> how they keep making, keep you. In the, that's how yeah. big soap stays in business. <laughs> no, no. The key, the key is to ask for things that like will get used and then no longer stay in your house. Because if you, if you have like even three friends and like you have birthdays and Christmases like over the course of fifteen years, like pretty soon you have way too much stuff in your house. Like too so much stuff. stuff. So yes, I'm I'm such a fan of things that will go away. And yeah, can't can't you ask for groceries? I'm like, gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on on the or, limb here. or diapers just just be like I'm just super into no, diapers I'm gonna harm like, like artisanal I need so many diapers, diapers. artisanal <laughs> diapers yeah by the way I want I want to say like technically soap started out artisanal it's, it only became mass manufactured later it originally was all just handmade it didn't suddenly yeah. become that later right, that's true right, we're all going right. backwards we are um, I I have to I have to say this uh, because I feel so passionately about this uh, gift cards are a gift. Gift cards are the gift of freedom. Gift cards are a gift that says, you know what? I don't know if I know what you want. I don't know if you know what you want right now. But you know what? I'm going to give you the freedom to have it later. Even if it's a $5 gift card. It's like, you know what? This is something free that I'm going to be able to have when it strikes me. Rather than whatever you can come up with in those six days before Christmas or whatever it might be. I love gift cards and I emphasize everyone use them. And the only catch is when you use them... Uh, when you post about whatever you got, make sure you say, you know, hey guys, it was so cool. So-and-so, insert name of person who gave you a gift card, got me a, insert the name of the thing that you bought with the gift card <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> uh, so no, I think I that's true. Like, I think that's the key. Go ahead. I feel like there's two separate things that happened inside of your answer, Edward, and I liked them both. Um, okay. One important thing was they're called gift cards, Grandma. They're gifts. <laughs> That's why they call them that. Uh, <laughs> and then two, you changed what a thank you card is, and you didn't even notice it. That like, and maybe of course, maybe everybody knows this, and, and maybe this is a, a recognized phenomena that I do not know about. Uh, but now thank you cards are super out of date and you would never like write a note and say thank you so much for the thing no you post about it on social media you put it on Facebook and you're like thanks Trevor for the pants (laughs) (laughs) bonus points if you get something with a gift card that they would be mortified to know that you bought with their money well I mean maybe don't do that (laughs) no I think you you totally should I cannot continue this line of discussion like you buy you buy steak like your vegan grandparents give you a gift card and you go buy it like a bunch of steak thanks for the Omaha steaks and this is why they don't like giving gift cards they can't possibly know what you're gonna do with it thanks Trevor for these 1000 Pokemon cards that I bought <laughs> By the way, apparently Trevor is just quite generous in your world. He's giving you pants. I don't know. And a yeah. thousand Pokemon I don't know cards. how much a thousand Pokemon cards call, costs. Pants aren't that expensive. I mean, in today's market, pretty much a lot. Probably depends on I would, the Pokemon I would assume. cards. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> if you get like the really rare ones. Say you could probably get a thousand uh, Squirtle. Yeah. You probably get those just with a printing error. See our earlier answer. <laughs> <laughs> I deeply agree that gift cards are a great present and also that you should tell people the thing that you got with their gift card um, and uh, oh, a, a, in some way and, be, and, and to thank them. But like, it is weird to be in that place where you're like, well, you look, we need to, diapers and it's really nice to not have to worry about this particular diaper payment. Uh, you could also, mm-hmm. I mean, my grandparents... What a lot of what they gave my parents was like stock for me or like invest like bonds, savings bonds, that kind of thing. Right on. And I, that's like really nerdy and dumb. And I don't know. It's a little bit weird to ask for, but I think <laughs> that that is a good grandparent gift just to be like, we got you $50 of Apple stock, which it probably isn't possible because Apple stock costs more than $50 a share or whatever. But <laughs> something like that. Something that maybe by the time the kid is 18 years old is going to be worth more and will be a, a lesson in how investment works. Yeah, it's brilliant. If somebody had bought me Apple stock when I was a, a kid, like I would be rich. I think that's a really brilliant thing. So it's like, oh, it'll be fun. Either it'll be worth like a million dollars or nothing at all. Like it's a gamble. I just It's I, like a lottery ticket. <laughs> I really love the idea of asking your grandparents to give you or your children stock uh, if they the grandparents don't already know how stock works. Just because the conversation, like, I get you what? Chicken stock. You're going to have, like, a lot of chicken stock. I guess if they really want stock, I guess they're planning on making a soup. (laughs) Just give me me the chicken stuff. Give me the chicken stuff, vegan grandma. (laughs) I guess it's back around to me now for another question. This one's from Laura, who asks, dear... Hank and Jessica and Edward, I turned 16 in just a little under two months. Well, I'm glad you got your question in before this actually happens, which means that I have (laughs) to plan a birthday party. I don't know. Do you have to plan it or would someone do that for you? Do you plan your own birthday party? I don't know how this works. I feel like maybe I don't know. I don't know. The issue is I don't have enough close friends to throw a big sweet 16 bash type thingy. And I don't want to invite more people than I'm close with. What are some birthday party alternatives for about 15 people that are still fun and significant enough for a sweet 16? Pronounced like Croft, Lara. I think that's how Lara Croft is pronounced. 15 people seems like a lot of people to me. I agree. That's a very big party for me. Yeah, I definitely didn't even have 15 friends total to invite when I turned 16. Um, (laughs) So congratulations on being very popular, apparently, uh, because you have 15 close friends. Um... Yeah, uh, depending on where you live, uh, what what are those rooms? The the, oh, the escape room. Yeah, doing an escape room would be yeah. an amazing amazing birthday party. Plus, then you then you could know like which friends could help you if if, if you're really in a jam and decide which of these fifteen friends to take with you on to college, um, <laughs> or which ones will be making it to college with you. I guess. Right? <laughs> I love that. I love that. I have I have no other ideas. I went on for my birthday once I went to a water park but I brought 3 people with me because that was about as much as I c- could manage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, there's uh, yeah. If nobody's if nobody's planning this birthday party for you, I would say do what you want to do. Like I I plan so many parties, or, or I asked my parents to do so many parties that I was not at all interested in because I thought it was like what you should do. So at one point I had a party where my dad hired a DJ and like built a stage in the backyard, like Ooh. over the sandbox. And, and, and um, I mean, we didn't have a lot of money. He just like had his friend who wanted to be a DJ and yeah. like laid some planks of wood over the sandbox. But <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but the point is, so built a stage is a, is a very it's not like up to code in terms. No, of No, not at all. Like okay. we're glad that nobody stopped by to check it out. Um, but but I had I had a bunch of friends and it, it was a bunch of people that I wasn't that into and it was like a dance party and at the time. I had no idea how to dance. And not only that, I had been already traumatized because I had gone from a private school to a public school where suddenly everybody knew how to dance and I'd only like read about it in books. (laughs) And (laughs) turns out not the same at all. Um, (laughs) And my friends had actually tried to teach me. Anyway, I ended up mortified in my bedroom this entire party because everybody else was out there dancing and having a good time and I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. So yeah, do something well, you like. That's that's you, all I'm gonna say. Do something you enjoy. You can't do as bad as Jessica. Like that's what we've all learned. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think that's what we've learned, yes. I feel like that was like the real life version of Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Like if she actually if it, she was real, she'd be like 16 in the room in her room by herself reading a book. Like if they throw a party, she does not want to dance. She has no interest in beasts. She just wants to read. <laughs> Yeah, can I just have a library for my 16th birthday? Like, oh, that would have been amazing. I'm still waiting for my library. I really want to, I really want a library someday. Can like, I, just can, a whole room with books. I, I just, yeah. I, this, is, this doesn't even have to be for the podcast. I just have to tell you, when we went and saw the live-action version of Beauty and the Beast, one of the, the movie, one of the cool things they did that made it better is they, they made the moment when she starts to realize the Beast is cool when she sees the library like they kind of did that in the disney movie but in the live action it was like you could see she was getting into him all of a sudden yeah because it wasn't just the library it was he had read all the books <laughs> he had in the read library, all the books and, and she, she was, was like oh my right. my kind of man yeah um okay so i believe it is your turn my dear yeah because before it was just kind of a stockholm syndrome situation it was totally a stockholm oh, God, syndrome. it's it's pretty creepy story when you come right down to it it really is so many children's stories are aren't they yeah. correct Milady and the beast Hansel and Gretel, I don't understand, like, why you would t- tell that to a five-year-old. <laughs> like, don't wander into the woods. No, like, that was, that you'll was get why. stuck in an oven. Yeah, oh, you gotta, I guess you gotta learn why. not to wander into the woods. There's people <laughs> yeah, in there. that's it. Fairy tales used to be about, like, you know, you tell these things to kids to, to get them to act right. I didn't realize that. Yeah, they're not, they're not bedtime stories. They're warnings. They are all warnings. <laughs> wow. That <laughs> just changed my childhood. That would be like if you started reading uh, to your children at night, like caution: rocks f- may fall ahead. Like all the or I, I or died. maybe some more applicable concern. Uh, maybe we should <laughs> I have some, to some think like of caution signs. <laughs> I yeah, feel like I feel like we need be... books warning of not spending too much time on social media. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the kind of bedtime stories we need. We need bedtime stories about like how dangerous it is to uh, see your life as a series of quantified. Uh, likes and shares and follows on social media. <laughs> <laughs> and Gretel reg- regretted posting all those photos on Instagram that day. <laughs> this makes me Correct. think like kids in the past would not fall asleep to these stories. They'd lay up all night going, oh my God, mm-hmm. like this could happen to me. Were now, now we're so far removed from that that, that, that it's like, oh, it's sweet. We Thanks. also soften them up now. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That was totally tight, tight show. Uh, Sophia says, Dear Hank and Jessica and Edward, I remembered you this time. Um, (laughs) For a long time, I've found myself clicking on Facebook or Instagram when I open my phone and then mindlessly scrolling through the feeds. Usually this happens when I'm procrastinating something I actually need to do, but also sometimes I'll realize that I opened one of these apps without realizing what I'm doing. Yeah, been there. Uh Um, I don't enjoy doing this, and I really wish this wasn't something I instinctively did. However, I have this weird part of me that feels a sense of obligation to remain on these platforms because I have family members that reach out to me on them occasionally, and I sometimes use Facebook groups for school-related purposes. How can I stop using social media when everything in my life is seemingly entangled in the social internet? Any suggestions as to how you have dealt with managing time spent mindlessly scrolling would be greatly appreciated. I have no idea... Sophia. <laughs> I love the honesty there. Like, I don't know, help. Somebody else be in charge of my phone. <laughs> I mean, uh, I will literally be on Reddit and I will type Reddit into the URL bar. I, oh like, God, I'm I've so broken. I'm so broken. What is, like, I have, like, four or five automatic places to go. Twitter, Google News, Reddit, my email. That's mostly it. And my, my fingers will do it without me telling them to. Sometimes, even when I'm already there. <laughs> that's, that, that, I feel like that's like the alcoholic reaching under the sink and realizing all the bottles are empty. You're like, this is a moment. I have just realized yeah. there is something wrong with me. And the first step is admitting that there is a problem. Exactly right. And congratulations on, on reaching that step. Um, I am I'm not surprised if uh, if we don't start having 12-step groups for social media like really soon, if they if they don't already exist. But there are there are things that you can do uh, besides going cold turkey. Um, I've Okay, first of all, there are apps where if you just need to be off your phone because you're busy procrastinating on homework or something that is going to be obviously less exciting than anything that you might find on social media, uh, there's an app called forest Mm. where you can plant a tree or a bush or whatever depending on how long you want to uh, not be on your phone like 15 minutes 20 minutes or whatever Um, if you don't need your phone it's great because it it helps with the mindfulness you pick up your phone and you realize like oh right like 
I was not going to do this right now. I was going to do X, whatever else that I'm going to work on. And you can switch out of the, the app where you're busy growing a tree for 15 minutes, but you will kill your tree if you do so. <gasps> so oh, I like that so much. Right? That's so smart. <laughs> And you can you can do the version. They have a, a version where um, you will actually get to plant real trees in real life. Like you'll be contributing to actually planting trees in in the real world if you build enough trees. Or sorry, if you grow enough trees. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not a gardener. <laughs> Her dad could build stages and trees and just all kinds of things. Uh, no, but it's it's a great app. I really recommend it. I I think it's free to cheap. I'm not sure exactly but it's it's really great if you do need to be on your phone or you do need to check social media because it is kind of hard to live without it at this point um i heard the best tip oh my god this guy had social media rules for himself or rules about using his phone in general one was turn off your notifications like you don't need those You're, you're gonna remember to check your facebook and if you don't it's not the end of the world you're gonna remember to check your instagram um so turn off those notifications and then when you go on to um when you go onto your phone, onto your social media to check things, do one round and don't repeat it. Go mm. through your Facebook, your Instagram, your mm-hmm. your Twitter, whatever you do once and then don't go and start the whole cycle over again and see if like anybody liked your post since you posted it like 10 minutes ago. Go, you know, go away, do something else for a while, like come back in an hour and you can do the rounds again. Um, but it does amazingly keep you from just spending the whole day on social media if you only go through the rounds once. I want to add a tip to that, actually. Uh, One other thing that is really super helpful, I read an article once about how to make your phone less appealing because I had the exact same problem. Uh, They said, uh, other than things like turn off your notifications, stuff like that, they said uh, you can do this in your settings, in the accessibility settings for most phones. Turn it to black and white. That's so hardcore. I can't Hmm. do it. When you turn it to black and white, your eyes just, you just don't care. Like, like your eyes are not, the color is no longer drawing you in, wow. so it just looks like copy, and you kind of lose interest. It just, it gets boring very quickly, and you can just kind of go, well, eh, I'll do something else. That's so weird that, like, yeah. the, that we're just like, ooh, candy. This is bright, like fruits <laughs> That's exactly and what trees. It is. I'm there's a reason a Candy Crush did so well. <laughs> uh, there's another one, by the way. I haven't checked it out yet, but somebody else told me about it, um, mm-hmm. called Rocket Focus. So you can actually build rockets instead of planting trees. But I think it works kind of the same way. But I think I think on that one, it's only 25 minutes. So it's based on the Pomodoro technique where for 15 minutes or 20 minutes, 25 minutes, whatever period of time, you only do what you mean to do. You don't uh, you don't do anything else. You don't answer a phone call. You don't answer a text. You mm-hmm. don't check your email. You don't do anything except the task you're intending to work on. And then you get a five minute break. And it, it can help so much because so like so many of our tasks take like 10 times the amount of time that they should take just because we constantly are interrupting with other tasks and you have to switch gears and for some of us especially with ADHD those transitions are really difficult yeah and I think it's like it's absolutely the case that a lot of these things we cannot remove from our lives it's very important part of how we socialize how we stay in contact with family and friends and also a very important part of work Uh, even if you don't work on the internet the way that we do uh, just uh, it's part of networking and part of being able to know what other people in your industry are doing. So you you need to be on Facebook. And it's too bad because I think a lot of people would rather not, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. And figuring out how to use it just for the things that you need to use it for while uh, not doing the sort of things that it is designed to suck you into doing. And as you were saying, I have a huge problem where I, when I post something, I have this sudden, uh, like, existing, recurring thought loop that's like, you should check and see what the responses to that were. Make sure that there aren't any problems or you didn't say anything wrong or see how many people liked it and see if it's doing well. And then I'm back uh, in the feed again. So <laughs> well, breaking out of that I loop mean, is yeah. not easy. You get the little dopamine hits every time somebody likes it or retweets it or whatever. So like they can mm-hmm. actually become addicting in that sense. But but I, I have seen that occasionally you do post a tweet and I'm like, huh, I guess that's a word that I just didn't know. And then like the <laughs> next day you'll be like, no, that was completely not a word. I was totally falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Hank is so educated. Was, I've never heard of this yeah, word that before. Is the, uh, that is the, the story of the pibbles for sure. 
Um. That's what it was. That's what it was. I was like, and I was, I think I was doing something else. Like I couldn't at the moment Google what a pipple was. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess, you know, uh, he just knows things I don't. And then I just moved on with my day. And then I saw the tweet the next day and I was like, that's just amazing. And that's what it's like to be an influencer. You just, uh, right? You just, you, you just invent words. And then it exists. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's really into pipples now. It's a whole thing. Everybody's very excited about them. Okay. So, dear Hank and Jessica and Edward, da 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 da. Sorry, we have a theme song now. <laughs> Apparently, we're like the three amigos. Uh, dear Hank and Jessica and Edward, I have a bit of a dilemma. After my high school graduation, uh, my grandmother and I went out so she could buy me a nice watch. I've had that watch for almost a year now, but I don't wear it all the time. She always asks me about it when I don't wear it, to which I respond that I didn't think to put it on. However, I have my eyes set on a smartwatch, an Apple watch, to be more specific. My question is, should you purchase something that is an upgrade of a gift someone mm. got for you. Best, Javier. Oh, see, Apparently this is, he is the best of all Javier. <laughs> this is very hard because now your grandma's gonna see you wearing a watch that's not the watch. And you can't be like, well, I just didn't think to put a watch on. I <laughs> did, and it was a different one because the one you got me, let's be honest, grandma, it has no idea what my heart rate is. <laughs> <laughs> This is another good person. All of these people are so concerned so, with other people. It's That's amazing. I, this is where we cue the uh, Ocean's Eleven music because I have the exact way you do this whole thing. You oh, pull it off oh. and grandma never is the wiser. Oh, no. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. This, this, this heist requires three tools. It requires a fancy box. It requires a nice suit. And it requires a, an account on whatever social media network your grandmother's on, probably Facebook. Okay, well, Simple, hopefully is, she's on a social media account. We'll just assume. If, if not, you can work this, like, send out a family newsletter, whatever you got to do. Somehow get the Christmas card. Exactly. You're going to get this in front of grandma's eyes one way or the other. Here's how it works. The first thing you do is you, t you get up dressed up in the nice suit. You put on grandma's watch and you pose in a photo that really features the watch. You know, like mm. you're just kind of like checking the time or something. Mm -hmm. And then you, on social media, you caption it with something like, looks like it's time for an outing this evening. Something, whatever. Yeah. You're really playing up the watch. Okay? You make, you don't... Does it have to be cheesy? It, oh, I say go hardcore. Grandmas don't always get irony. You gotta, you gotta go hardcore. You gotta make it clear that you're loving the watch. Okay? Now, after that... You take the fancy box, you put grandma's watch in the fancy box, you set it on your uh, dresser or wherever you want. From that point on, buy your Apple watch. And then the next time grandma asks, hey, where's the watch I got you? What, what's, what's that watch? Where's the watch I got you? Say, oh, grandma, I only wear that for special occasions. This is just my everyday watch. <laughs> That's good. Good. That's good. I'm not gonna lie. That's that that might just work. Everyone, yeah, maybe and maybe like once a year, twice a year, do another nice watch shot on, exactly on Instagram. Right. Wear it to Christmas dinner. And then after that, George Clooney drives up. You get in the van and you all get away scot free. That's that's the ocean. It's <laughs> literally the best so advice well, ever works. given on this podcast. Right there, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't top that. And it was a lie. It was all about constructing a beautiful lie. <laughs> I will warn against doing this all the time because then again you're that gonna end so up no you're gonna end up with so many things that you don't want that just sit on your dresser. <laughs> At some point, you have to be willing to tell somebody like I loved it for a year and now I'm moving on. Right. Like it is the hardest thing in the world to like give away like to when you're when you're clearing out clutter. It's easy to be like oh I don't know what I was thinking when I bought this. I, that's going in the trash. But you come across something that somebody bought you and you're like, oh my God, like I have to keep this forever, right? Like, isn't that the rule? If they are ever going to be at my house again or see me, like I have to have it. Um, you're, saying, you're saying Javier needs to break up with his grandmother's watch. Mm. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, okay, grandmother's watch, like this is, this sounds like a very special thing. Maybe not with that, but with other things, you have to be willing to get rid of stuff that people gave you as a gift. And mm. that was a lesson that it took me like a decade of collecting oh, clutter yeah. to figure out like, Right? You have to be able to do it. Um, Marie Kondo has a, a really great technique for this. She, she, uh, she does the, or she wrote the book, um, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And the way that she thinks of it is this gift had a purpose, right? It brought you joy at the time that the person gave it to you. You, you received it. You enjoyed it. If at this point it doesn't bring you joy anymore, if you look at it and you feel guilty every time you don't, do something with uh -huh. it like maybe not a watch but like you know the little i don't know the weird unicorn head that sits on your desk and you put 
paper clips on, but you don't actually use paper clips and it's just really cluttering up your desk. At some point you go, is this serving me anymore? Is this bringing me joy? And if the answer is no, you, th- uh, and this, this is where it gets a little weird, but she actually treats it like an animate object and she'll thank it. She'll thank it for what it brought to her life at the time that she got it and she'll let it go. Mm-hmm. And it actually works. Mm. It sounds crazy, but it works. I, I have a question. Nice. Yes. I have a question about this. Is is the Marie Kondo method, is part of the Marie Kondo method that Marie Kondo will come to your house and explain to your grandmother why you're not wearing her graduation watch anymore? <laughs> no, that's why. That's, why. that's critical. <laughs> Grandmas might be exempt from this particular. <laughs> Grandmas are apparently immune to Marie Kondo and her wiles. So, yeah, so I don't know. The, I kind of want to tweet at her now and be like, what would you do in this situation? How do you not break your grandma's heart? The main. <laughs> She's like, I kept the watch, of course. I what's, that, what's that? The main, main thing to avoid here in all grandma related gift things is you don't want your grandma to think that you now want a collection of something because like if you say like i love that so much and then suddenly it's like well every christmas and birthday from now on you're getting that one thing over and over again you need to be very clear that this watch is the special one watch and you're not a new like convert to having lots of different special watches you just want one special dressing up watch that's no, that's a really good point. point. Yeah, some people end up with like an entire turtle collection or a penguin collection because well, like there's nothing one wrong year with a turtle collection. I'll say <laughs> pitch, 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 pitch. There's nothing wrong with turtles all the way down. Or you could get an absolutely remarkable thing, which comes out September 25th and is available for pre-order now. Hey, I didn't even come up with that idea for the gift cards. Anytime anybody asks me what they should get for gifts, actually, a book is almost always a good gift. Like. They're 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 like a reasonably priced uh, thing that also like is fairly easy to pass on to someone else. Whether that's like a used bookstore who might give you credit, we got some good ones in those in Missoula here. I don't know if everybody's got those, um, or donating to a library or to uh, other people who, you know, schools and stuff. Uh, I think I feel like uh, I feel like having a new, another book in your life is never a bad thing, and also they look really nice in your house and. Uh, I think we should especially all in hardcover. Um, I agree. You guys, and you never have to wear them on your person, so no one will ever ask you what happened to that book I gave you. That's <laughs> right. You're not supposed to like walk around with a book strapped to your wrist. That doesn't make any sense, unless it's a really good <laughs> clock book. With this podcast, it's actually this podcast sponsor, so I feel bad that I said that this is a bad idea. But this podcast is brought to you by Wrist Books. It's a new th- you br- strap a book to your wrist and then. It's a book on your wrist. This podcast is brought to you by Grimm's Fairy Tales, a.k.a. Bedtime Warnings. (laughs) Portions of this broadcast were supported by the Purple Council. When you think purple, (laughs) think purple. (laughs) And finally, this podcast is brought to you by Artisanal Diapers. Artisanal Diapers, handcrafted by small women who work all day to make the perfect diaper that you will use one time because it got full of poop. (laughs) Brought to you by the small women of Artesia. Are you talking about (laughs) child labor? Yeah, tell me more about Artesia. Um, Okay, you guys. (laughs) I I don't know what it is, but they're making so much stuff nowadays. They're doing well. (laughs) I think they got us beat on trade. Yeah, the trade surplus to Artesia (laughs) is massive. Uh, You guys. Oh, they're going to build us such a wall. Looking for a new pulpy podcast? Dear Hank and John is supported by Dirt Cheap, a new podcast from Neon Hum Media that digs deep into the dollar bins of used bookstores and your grandmother's storage unit in search of sass and questionable grammar. Hosts Amanda Meadows and Jeffrey Golden bring these bizarre stories to life each week, chapter by chapter, with a heavy dose of humor and a dash of schadenfreude. Each season will explore a discarded pulp novel called from the dustbin of literary history, reenacting its pages through narration and sound design. In season one, they read the book Murder in the Glass Room, an L.A. noir novel that almost became a blockbuster film. Subscribe to follow and solve the murder mystery of season one by searching for Dirt Cheap in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh... So we also, you, you do a very specific thing on YouTube uh, with How to ADHD. So we reached out to Twitter and also got some questions specific to your areas of expertise. First one we're going to ask here is from Brianna. 
uh, who asks, what are your favorite ways to remember to take your medication? I'm currently using an app that reminds me and yet I still miss days. This also is for me because I take a lot of pills and have for a long time. But you guys, what do you think? I mean, the the foolproof way is to put the pills in a in a pill box thing at the beginning of the week, and that way, if Monday is empty, you've already taken it. Um, but I've heard other really mm-hmm. good ways too, where some people will put their pill bottle upside down when they've taken their pill, and so if their pill bottle is still mm. right side up, they know that they haven't taken it yet. The tricky thing is you have to remember to put it the other way again, I guess, the next day. Yeah, yeah. Um, there have been times yeah. when I've had to count I'll my pills. So, like, <laughs> I, I take them every day, so I will actually count out the pills. Uh, if it's toward the, especially if it's toward the, the end of the month, I'll be like, okay, I know that I only had, like, two left, and now do I have two or do I have one? I'm not great at this, actually, to be honest. <laughs> um, some days I'll be like, Edward, did I take my medicine? And he'll be like, yes or no. And and I don't know, he's better about knowing than I do. Um, but actually, my, my best tip now that, that works for me is I also have to take birth control. And so I will know if I took my medicine, if the birth control for that day is empty. Oh, that's good. Cause mm-hmm. I take them at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, in that same way, I, I try and tie it to another activity that I'm definitely going to do every day and do it right before that activity. And so I know if I've brushed my teeth. So I will make sure that I take my pills before I brush my teeth every time. And if I'm going to go brush my teeth and I haven't taken my pills, like I like I form that habit that pills, then brush teeth, and then like, did I take my pills? Well, my mouth doesn't smell like poop, so yes. That's really smart. That is really smart. That's, that's actually the best one I've ever heard, so congratulations. Also, congratulations on brushing your teeth every day. Yeah, that's hard enough as it is. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a toothbrusher, man. I'm I'm a toothbrusher. I'm really I'm really worried about. Uh, John has had so many tooth problems. I'm very concerned about uh, going through that. Uh, wait, who has tooth problems? My brother John. Oh, John, John has Green. so many. To- oh yes, no, that's right. He has. He's had. Uh, 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 he's. I've seen. Like he just talks about yes. having to go in for surgery. I was gonna say, how do you know John's dental history? Like I understand Hank I knowing, mean, but Edward, some- what have you? <laughs> They're on the internet. I don't know if you know. They they talk about their things sometimes. They. Uh... <laughs> you say you don't have time to John's help clean. I'm just saying. Teeth. I'm just saying. If you have time to know how, <laughs> John, yeah, to know true. John's dental history, you have time to help me clean the it's house. Research. It's all research. That's what I told the judge. <laughs> um, yeah. So Melissa asks if you made it into adulthood, adult lessons. <laughs> yes, um, I love that term. Before diagnosis, how do you make up for lost time? I'm still training my parents to take my neurodiversity seriously. How do I approach future employers or coworkers, et cetera? Be upfront, conceal, fake a chill exterior in interviews. <laughs> um, good luck. I, mean, I think that's a good rule just in general. I don't know. I've, I've tried the faking a chill exterior in interviews and I just come across like super awkward. I've just like learned to just embrace who I am and I'm like, this is what you're getting. Like <laughs> if you don't want to work with this, like I'll mm-hmm. move on because I'm not going to fake a chill exterior every day for the rest of my life. So... <laughs> um, Okay, so how do you make up for lost time? Yeah, this is actually really common for people who get diagnosed later in life where they feel like they missed out. They missed a lot of years. And even though I was diagnosed at 12, like I didn't know that you needed more than medication for a long time. And so I feel like once I realized, oh, there were other things that I was supposed to be getting. There were accommodations and... um, there, you know, like behavioral therapy stuff, like I should have been getting as well. And so I even felt like, ah, I'm just so far behind. Like, how do I make up for lost time? And there's always a a mourning process um, that happens where you kind of have to let that go and say, okay, well, I was diagnosed now. Like, where do I go from here? Um, We have an episode on on the channel um, on youtube.com slash how to ADHD about being diagnosed as an adult and somebody who's now an amazing ADHD coach talked about it, talked about the whole experience of getting diagnosed as an adult. I think it's a great video. I definitely rec- recommend watching it and not just because it's on my channel. Um, <laughs> I, I literally, this that is my story. Like I was not diagnosed until I was 35. And there I'm still kind of sometimes going through that process of, of oh man, what would my life, because I, I could just count all the... Uh, the near hits that I've had in my life where I've built myself up to a certain level and then my brain would lose interest even though I wanted to keep going and I would just eventually like just drift away from like one major opportunity to the next. The only thing that gets me through, Melissa, is I just like to think of like every person is has their own circumstances, has their own situation and as such they are kind of like their own formula, like an algebraic formula and 
they have to work themselves out. They are solving themselves over time. And you can't, you can't think, oh, what if I had found out earlier? Because that's not your formula. Your form, you wouldn't be you if you found be, it earlier. You'd be, that, that, would, that would be somebody else. That wouldn't be you. So you're you, and here's what you have. What are you going to do with it from here? Yeah. And as far as how to approach future employers and like whether to tell them or not, it really depends on your own personal comfort level. You do have some protections because it is considered a disability. Um, if you want to reveal to like the HR department that you have ADHD, um, you can also ask for accommodations, which you don't have to be like, hey, I have a disability. I need accommodations. You can go and say like, hey, um, I have ADHD. This is what it means for me. The, these are a few things that I personally struggle with. And these are things that help me work at my best. Like if I can wear headphones or if I can have an office where I'm not facing, you know, the water cooler and like hearing everybody talk or where whatever it is. And that doesn't even have to come up in the interview. That can be once you've got the job. Hey, here's right. how I work best. It's right. Not, that's not crazy. Yeah, technically you can even get accommodations, like especially if you're dealing with something like dyslexia, you can get accommodations even during the interview process. If you want to have like a, a verbal test rather than a written test, you can ask for that. But it really depends. Like most people prefer not to, reveal it until they get the job but there's two ways you can do it right you can either let them know i have adhd this is what it means for me um and these are some things that would help me or you can say hey i have challenges with you know i I get distracted if uh you know if there's a lot of noise around would you mind if i wear headphones you don't necessarily have to reveal the diagnosis you can just reveal one of the symptoms Mm -hmm. that you need help with um but yeah it's just it's a really personal thing um but I, what I wouldn't count on is anybody understanding what you're talking about when you say ADHD because there's... Yeah, prepare they, for like a long conversation. Yeah, you have to let them know what it is and how it's affecting you because most people think, oh, well, isn't that the thing where like kids are just bouncing off the walls and don't do well in school? And you have to be like, no, actually, you know, there's the inattentive presentation. Like if you have that, like, you know, I actually am not going to be bouncing off the walls or like, <laughs> you know, um, I don't unless need a trampoline job, in my office. Unless your job is like trampoline tester, in which case I will be bouncing every every day sir yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah our last question uh from twitter comes from hanin who asks how do i deal with my sister's mood swings due to her adhd she gets very anxious and sometimes i don't know what to do other than hug her until she's calmed down are there any coping mechanisms that i can share with her oh that's a good one um first awesome on you for understanding that the mood swings are due to the ADHD because not a lot of people know there is emotional dysregulation that's a major part of ADHD and most people don't know that um I didn't know that I have ADHD I didn't know that until I started doing the research so awesome and ah you're such a good sister she gets very anxious and sometimes I don't know what to do other than hug her uh I mean whatever works for her it's gonna be different for everybody but yeah it can just be helpful to give somebody their space um as far as coping mechanisms uh, there's, there's, um, depending on how old she is, like behavioral therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy can help her learn to, to deal with that. Um, one of the best coping mechanisms is just to breathe, like teach her breathing techniques and meditation can help. Yeah. Mindfulness and meditation can help a lot too. Um, there's an app called Headspace that, uh, that can teach you how to meditate. Um, even if you have ADHD, cause they're very short sessions and they walk you through it. It's really, really easy. Um, meditation is kind of something that most people with ADHD are like allergic to when they first hear it because they think you have to sit still and like clear your mind. Um, but that's not what meditation is. Uh, like I, I'll fidget sometimes during meditation and that's okay. And like my mind is very rarely clear. Um, I heard a great thing actually in yoga today. The teacher said meditation is not so you can control your mind. It's so you can not let your mind control you. So you're still going to have these thoughts that like float in and out of your brain, but you don't have to chase after them. Like you can start learning to let those thoughts uh-huh. go. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend meditation uh-huh. um, for for people with ADHD. And also um, movement is so helpful for people with ADHD, whether it's dealing with emotional dysregulation or impulsivity or, or hyperactivity, like moving. Um, I saw it was a meme. I'm giving, I'm seriously like, I usually do a lot of research right now. I'm quoting a meme. I'm seriously <laughs> doing this right now. Um, but, but movement stills the ADHD mind. I am never as much at peace as when I'm going on a walk or a run or That's whatever. True. Like sitting still, mm-hmm. I can just mm-hmm. stew, right? But yeah. Um, I'll also throw in glitter bottles are really good. Google oh. glitter bottles. Glitter bottles are great. They can, yeah, they can calming be, bottles. Yeah, cal- oh, sorry, calming bottles, yeah. Yeah, depending on her age. 
I'm looking at what this is because I've never heard of it. It's really cool. It's essentially like a like a like a plastic bottle that you put. I think you put water and there's some other fluid in it as well, or just water. Uh, there's clear glue, water, oh, right. and glitter. That's right. And you shake it up really hard, and so it's like turmoil, right? And then like a snow globe kind of thing. Yeah. You you watch the glitter settle, mm-hmm. and as the glitter settles, it actually calms down your nervous system. Yeah, you're you're literally watch. It's almost like watching hmm. a physicalized representation of your own uh, anxiety slowly coming to rest it's really nice all right you guys let's do one more question before we wrap it up this one's from brian who asks dear hank and jessica and edward i in the event that i become famous someday should i have an autograph that's different from my signature and if so what are the different criteria for an autograph versus a signature this is a very important question for which i require dubious advice as i'm not clairvoyant and therefore have no idea whether or not i will be famous someday brian well, I think they're the same thing, but I also think that preparing to be famous one day is a bad plan. <laughs> it is not going to be like what you think it is going to be like. No. Yeah, there turns out there's a lot more to it than autographs. Like autographs are the least of, of most people whose famous concerns. Can I can I just say that when I I will say to Brian's question directly, um, yes, please do your autograph separately because I didn't know that. And I just was signing my check signature for a while, like when I first started, just every time. Oh, is there a dip? Is- What's that? I totally signed my check signature. We might have to cut this, this question out of the podcast if that's not okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I signed my, my check signature. Edward is every, overly cautious. Yep, I only have the one signature, you guys. I, you, don't you have like a 10-minute video of you just signing it over and over again? That's like no forger has ever been given so much research material. As, as I don't feel I don't feel like the signature is at all an important part of the security mechanisms of a check anymore. But maybe it no, is. No, it's really not. Like no. you can you can sign anything. Like they don't that care anymore. Unless like maybe if it's your last will and testament, they'll be like, is this actually a signature? That's a good point. But yeah, for most for most <laughs> things, I don't think they care anymore. All right. Okay. Well, that that explains why I did not okay. experience I'm identity nervous. theft after I took a film on tour. I I will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will give you advice for in case you become famous someday. Uh, whatever the signature is that you use, make it short. Because your hand will get very, yeah. very tired if you get really like Disney elaborate with it. And also don't try to be famous someday because that it's super, it's just, it will eat you in your heart. Don't do that. Just go, <laughs> just go, find, just go find something you really love and just do it a lot. And you'll be famous or you won't be. It doesn't matter. You'll, you'll have a great time. That's all I'm going to say. I want to know there's, what- there's all kinds of great ways to be I, I think there's uh, all kinds of great ways to be well known and supported or not and whatever whatever you end up doing but I think it turns out that the people I know who are happiest in their success are famous not with the whole world but with a small group of people who uh, are cool mm-hmm. and that's the way to do it it's like my, my, I have a friend who uh, is a, a somewhat famous lepidopterist, which is like people who study butterflies. Okay. But only if you're like a lepidopterist. Only if you're like really into butterflies do you know who this guy is. And he's very happy in his world writing butterfly books and chasing butterflies and talking about butterflies with butterfly people. It sounds lovely. No, that is, that is the best way to be because it, it's the kind of famous where you, you can go someplace if you need like validation that day. Like you go to a butterfly convention <laughs> and like everybody loves you. And then you're walking down the street just having dinner with like a new girl that you're not sure you want to tell your parents about yet and you don't have to worry about paparazzi telling them for you that's true you just have to be careful that the butterflies don't recognize you that's the only discomfort <laughs> you might that's get mobbed by butterflies concern <laughs> that would be difficult to explain to your date there is there is a ps it says i thought of this question because i watched hank's 15 minute video where he signed pages for his book an absolutely remarkable thing which comes out september 25th and is available for pre-order now and by the way if you want to get a signed edition they are there's a limited number of signed copies i just got news actually that they're running low on amazon um some of the other bookstores have more and they will also be available at uh, physical bookstores when they come out so we've set aside a bunch to go into physical bookstores but if you want to get one on the internet you might want to do that soon because it sounds like they might actually not be available on the internet because there's only i can't i can only do a certain number because it turns out my signature is pretty long it was a huge mistake <laughs> um but thank you thank you brian for the promotional opportunity and thank you edward for reminding me of it hey, you guys this has been a great podcast. I really enjoyed oh, it. Uh, usually we end with news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon, but obviously we did a different thing today because we are going to put this one in the can and have it come out 
late, uh, but thank you for recording so that we can uh, be ready for all of the future outages that we will have. But you guys, tell me uh, what we learned today, if you remember oh, at all. Well, uh, we learned that Purple has an advocacy group. Oh, we learned that you can, in fact, order artisanal diapers. Apparently that's a thing. That's true. Yes, that's true. And and they come from Artesia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we learned that maybe everybody has a vegan grandma who's going to get really offended by your steak purchases. And finally, we learned that you can learn how to do absolutely anything on WikiHow, such as write a song. About WikiHow? If you'd like. That's meta. Writing a, writing a yes. song about WikiHow Excellent. using WikiHow. I'm doing it. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's what, what I'm that's doing what makes right him as angry. soon as we end the podcast. He, he, he gets to it first. He's like, "Yeah, WikiHow about WikiHow." I'll call it. I'll call it Wiki what? Oh god, this is actually. I think I might do this. I think this this might be my whole vlog for this video this week. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. If you're gonna talk about WikiHow, Edward found um, a game that gamifies Wiki uh, Wikipedia. Yeah. I can't. I don't. I don't yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know if I want to tell you this because like everything you're doing might shut down. That's true. He has a child. We should, you do have a child as well. We should not do this to it's him. It's called the Wiki Game. If you look for it, it's basically uh, it, it's you trying to connect two disparate subjects uh, in the shortest number of steps as fast as you can through Wikipedia. It's it's insanely addicting, and all the ads get go directly to Wikipedia. Man, this WikiHow article on how to write a song is great. So many good illustrations of people who seem like they're just having a great time. By Fretland with themselves or with friends. <laughs> this one has a really weird. This was a bunch of musical notes on this one, except there's one giant hook. I don't know. Is that? Oh, it's about the hook. You gotta look for the hook. Oh. Anyway. Anyway, that's my that's my vlogbrothers video. Let's not talk about it because I don't want to spoil everybody. Um. Or. Of course. Um, this is gonna be awesome. You just have to you have to call it wiki wiki what. That's what I'm saying. Right. Oh, wiki and wiki. even better if you use <laughs> even even better if you use the how to write a love song. That's the okay. one I used. Oh, it was yeah, fantastic. Yeah. How to write a love song specifically oh, God, for that's wiki a, that's how. That's a video right there. It's it it names oh, itself. God. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh, All right, God. you guys. Um, <laughs> thank you. This is a pleasure. This podcast is produced by Rosiana Hals Rojas and Sheridan Gibson. It's edited by Nicholas Jenkins. Our head of community and communications is Victoria Bongiorno. The music that you're hearing now and at the end of the episode, oh, at the beginning of the episode, is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't, don't forget, forget to, to be awesome. awesome.